podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and my goodness, how good does it feel back, feel to be back after that one? K-State 38, the Wolfpack with future number one overall quarterback, Carson Strong, 17. It's so good to be back, my friend. Um, how, how awesome is that? Actually, first, uh, before we get into it, uh, what are you drinking? This morning. I was gonna say it's so, it feels so good that against my better judgment at 9 a.m. on Sunday I'm drinking a Bloody Mary um, to celebrate the cats spanking the wolf pack. Um, I love this team. It feels great to be back. Oh. Um, I'm super well, excited right now. I'm absolutely buzzing, and uh, yeah, it's great. Let's break it down. Yeah, and then uh, I, I have some good uh, high V coffees, the uh, hazelnut flavor. And just real quick, our drinks of the pot are sponsored by Spotify Green Room. We're going live every Wednesday. Guys, you don't want to miss it. This is going to be the most fun live room so far this year because the boys are 3-0. and We're about to go down to a palace of horrors for us historically, Stillwater. Uh, but they're not that great. So join us Wednesday, 7 p.m., God's time zone. Let your voice be heard and just talk cats with us. Uh, yeah, so again, I have coffee. Let's get into it. Um, official attendance actually was higher than the uh, SIU game, forty-eight thousand seven sixty-eight. I don't know if the if the first game it was tick, like folks who came in versus ticketed now, but hey, I thought the atmosphere was great early. Uh, mm-hmm. Caused some mistakes by the Wolfpack offense there in the first quarter. Um, what are your thoughts on the atmosphere that we've seen in the two home games so far this year? It definitely was not that 48,000 butts and seats, but it was very good early on, um, especially the students. I think the students have really pulled their weight these first two games. Uh, they've been there early. They've been loud. And the people that were in the game for that first half were engaged and they were on their feet. They were they were yelling consistently. And it was a very good atmosphere. Um, I'm impressed. I think it's only going to get better if we keep winning. I can't imagine if we start 4-0 just how crazy it's going to be for Oklahoma um, and Iowa State. So, Well, that I have, Oklahoma game, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <clears throat> like, if we do start 4-0 again, everyone likes to talk about that 2000 uh, home uh-huh. game versus Oklahoma. And I'm not going to say that we're going to have a moment that is as loud. Um, I'm not going to do that. But part of the reason why that crowd was the way it was was that pure bloodthirst anger. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that anger is there. So it's like, okay, you get a sold out crowd, uh, 4-0, by then hopefully we'd be ranked. They're going to be in the top five. You know, there's a chance we could be hosting back-to-back weeks versus big eight rivals, uh, and they're both in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's huge. going to be just – actually, I guess there's a bye week in between, but it would just be massive. Um, it so. would be massive, yes. Yeah, uh, you and I were actually kind of talking about this before we hit record. 
Um, and unlike some of the unsolicited advice that was given on Twitter uh, <laughs> after the snafu, the first snafu I've made in our hundred episodes doing Zoom, um, I didn't hit record right when we started that because that's not how we operate. But hey, thanks for the unsolicited advice. You know who you are. I read everything. Will the national media and poll voters finally give us respect or is the chip going to continue to grow on our shoulder? I don't know. We talked about it. Not sure if there was enough, you know, forch fortuitous losses in front of us. Um, and I think you said that we were 33rd about going into this game. So it could be a stretch uh, for us to crack the top 25. I could see us maybe coming in at 25th. Um, but, you know, part of me, obviously I want to be ranked. I love being ranked. It's good for the program, especially, you know, it's good for the climbing believers like us to kind of put that feather in his cap. We mentioned it last week to be ranked three weeks or three years running. And, uh, you know, I want to be ranked, but I love how this team is playing the disrespect card. And, you know, who was particularly, it? Who, who, particularly who that, that defense. ESPN, who did the ESPN plus quote yesterday? Talking about I being don't, disrespected. I, I mean, was it Stubby? No, I think it might have been T. Denson. T. Denson, possibly. It wasn't Stubby. Or, Stubby or was st- just on a roll. Stubby was playing a disrespect card as well, but I think T. did maybe uh, mention the, you know, the quickness on ESPN, and we, you know, we don't like that. We feel like we're being disrespected, but. Yeah, it was T. Denson um, who basically was saying, like, hey, it's a disrespect <laughs> having to play games on ESPN+. And I tell he, you what, he's he right. Said, yeah, and I, he said I watched it last night, and it is shocking. Like I actually it is was watching team. it back. I was I was watching it back. I actually didn't mind the play by play or color guy. Oh, um, Britt Barrett, our boy Barrett Jones, he's a K Stater. Yeah, I mean, he was I, bad. Oh, I thought he was fine. But, I mean, but like, here's the thing: the shit on ESPN U and ESPN two. Like, do you remember that fucking crew that was doing the KU Coastal game? They were trash I mean, it was, too. It was bad. I mean, we're bad. in we're in like the dark ages of play by play and mm-hmm. color commentary, and it's not just limited to TV. Yeah, pretty bad on the radio too. Um, so I don't know. I I agree with them. Hey, I want to be on actual channels. I I didn't think the commentary was that bad, but yeah, I just like I like the way they're they're playing. He also said we're we're humble. We're gonna keep eating crumbs and staying hungry. Like T. Dent's I love like, that. <laughs> it's just like this is the perfect team like it's they say everything the way i want them to say it. you have the characters you have the swagger but then they also do the whole disrespect like they're the perfect team imagine being a k-state graduate or a k-state fan and not just like loving this team and for three games they've had like the abilities to back it up and they've they've had oh, yeah. the proof and the pudding they've they've walked the walk so it's great to see them you know kind of chirping a little bit, but also playing that humble disrespect card. Um, obviously, I want to be ranked, but, you know, it's we're chip on the shoulder you, you. So if we have to, you know, earn it next week, then by God, that's fine with me. Yeah, I'll be eating chips and salsa later today. And also, I realize we're talking about this. It'll come out like one, noon or one on Sunday. We record these in the morning on Sunday. So, you know. You guys, it, it, that was more just for us to have that conversation. Um, let's kind of get into a couple of the bigger injuries. Khalid Duke uh, did not come back, and we don't have an update. But Josh Rivas did come back into the game, which I thought was just amazing. Um, but we're a little bit – if you got a complaint about 
this season so far, it seems like we're getting snake bitten with some of our major players getting dinged up early in the season. We had Skyler, we've had Khalid Duke, Josh Revis, you know, Brent's, I think, dislocated a finger early on in that game. Um, we've all, had, yeah, three of them, major guys, two of them have already made it back into the field with Brent's and Revis. We dodged a bullet with Skyler. So if you want to spin it positively, the Duke, I missed, I was in the bathroom when he went down. So I didn't really see like, he got rolled on up field. On he got, from behind. Okay. So, you know, probably going to be out for a moderate amount of time at least, which is unfortunate, but you know, if we're going to spin it positively and if we're going to have injuries to a specific, uh, you know, a specific room, then we have guys to step up at the end on the edges. So that's at least if we, if we want to take a, a positive spin zone today, you know, we have guys like even Nate Matt like came up and maybe made oh, one of the plays massive, of the game. So massive. it's crazy how, how deep we are and how young we are on that edge of the defensive line. It's exciting. And yeah. you know, what's crazy. Like people bitch, if you cannot see just how much, the recruiting has improved over the last three years. You're out of your fucking mind. Oh, yeah. an agenda. Like, my God, like I mean, across just the board, the quality it's just, of fucking athletes. The quality of athletes is just, uh, it, the it's a massive goal from where we came off at the tail end of Snyder 2.0. And even, even at our best with Snyder 2.0, like this team, I don't want to say like is more athletic than 2012. I think that's kind of crazy, but like, yeah. it's I mean, pure not athletes, that crazy if, if you're taking those two teams and you're saying hey we're going to compete in the heptathlon yeah. 2021 cats are gonna win yeah like we like when you look back 2012 like, we were like that defense was nasty in specific spots um namely had a huge linebacker advantage over this team but yes. like the edge corners the safeties outside of maybe ty zimmerman like i mean they were good far players. more athletic but they were we were still playing that like cushion coverage and we were oh. jumping routes and playing like way opportunistic defense this this defense is legitimately athletic pretty much at every position across the one line and it's like and also i think we should give a shout out to our strengths and conditioning our oh, new yeah. strength coach, coach true true My has God. Had some, I mean, a lot of these players have had crazy body transformations. Um, and again, so, not to throw shit impressive. at Coach Dawson, because I know there are a lot of folks who like Coach Dawson. I, this, what I'm about to say is not uh, supposed to be a shot at him, although it might come off that way. This team needed a new voice, a new plan, because I think things have gotten stale. If a guy, if any strength and conditioning coach is going to be around for 15 years or whatever it is, I mean, he's from a different generation. Like he is yeah. not, uh, and it didn't really fit with what Kleiman was trying to do. Again, he he did great. And I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks who kind of say when Snyder came back and was able to take uh, him away from Mangino and KU, that was a big thing for us. Like, yes, at that time, that was fine, but it did not mesh with the type of team and culture Kleiman was trying to build. So I hope Tremaine Carroll is around, you know, for four or five years until he moves yeah. on to his next thing. And uh you know, Coach True, I mean, massive thing. So I think that's a good call. Um, we'll get into the offense later, but, you know, no turnovers. That's a good thing. That has to be the recipe to win all season long, especially until Skyler comes back. Uh, how pleased were you with them just taking care of the ball? Extremely pleased. It looked like, you know, 
I don't know if it was, I mean, I think definitely was by design from the coaching staff to kind of take Will out of scenarios where he would be inclined to (laughs) turn the ball over. But um, Will looked pretty mature in a lot of different scenarios. Um, He played very safe and, you know, the coaches played it safe, but the reality is, our running attack was so potent for the majority of the game that we didn't necessarily have to put Will into any scenarios where things could go south. But um, I thought Will was pretty good on on the day. Um, He had a very complete game, and that was really the key. Will, can you take care of the ball and don't be catastrophic today, and then we'll have a chance. And, I mean, shit, we blew their doors off. Yep. Uh, there are some rumors around the stadium, uh, a lot of whispers, uh, all pregame in the Hearn Fun Lunch and all that type of stuff. Sounds like they are officially shooting for the Oklahoma game for Skylar Thompson to return. Wow. Right now, do you want him to push to that be the goal, or would you prefer to just say, hey, look, let's make Iowa State that goal. Let's get you as healthy as possible, and let's shoot to be healthy after that bye week. Um, where would if you were making the call with oh, almost man. no knowledge of what's actually going on because this is just us being dudes on a podcast what would you want him to shoot for I mean I guess I trust the physios within the team but I get yeah I mean if if there's if that's the goal and it that's a possibility then bring him back for Oklahoma because if we start 4-0, we're at the point where this is looking like a magical special year. Oh, and, playoff team. you know, I don't see why necessarily, you know, if they feel that this type of injury is not. And, you know, it'd be followed up by a bye week, so that's an extra two weeks. But I don't know. I mean, clearly it's not that severe of an injury if they have the goal to get him back by Oklahoma. And it's not one of those things where – I reference, I'll reference like soccer, you know, I don't think rushing him back early unless he has like legitimate structural damage to his knee, which it clearly does not seem to be the case, but it's not like he has, you know, a muscular injury and you're rushing him back too early to get him in for the Derby. And then now he pulls his hammy and he's out for the next six weeks or four weeks I just kind of feel like, you know, it's a, this type of sport and, you know, the type of like movement that football has versus like other, other sports may allow for this. And I feel like clearly his injury is not as bad as we initially thought. And it's only a positive if you ask me. So I say, bring him back. If he's ready, if he's not ready, they're not going to play him. So, you know, and then he'll have an extra two weeks. So. I love it. I love that the goal is for Oklahoma. That's best case scenario. Could you imagine if, yes, like me. the crowd pop, like him, like you fucking broken, imagine broken just the storyline, like, touchdown versus Oklahoma, go up seven zero. Uh, like, yeah, number twenty one K State going up seven zero on number Oklahoma. three Oklahoma, and I mean the storyline is amazing. Oh, like. Skyler comes back. He's had success against Oklahoma. They haven't beat us in two years. He gets them for a third straight time. And now we're in Manhattan. They haven't been to Manhattan since 2000. I just can't imagine it not being college game day for four and oh. Like, and then all of a sudden we're number one in the country. Uh, SEC starts calling. We say, fuck you. We're big we say, 12. Sorry. 
Oh my God. I can't wait. All right. Let, we're let's, too let's, big for you. We are too. We're gargantuan. All right. Massive. Uh, your, your, your favorite word. Uh, total yards. We outgained them. Almost had 400 yards, 398 yards, a 331. Time of possession, pretty even, 31 to 29. The only turnover of the game, and we'll talk about this play, T. Denson picking off the future first-round draft pick, and then penalties, 6 for 45 for K-State, 8 for 62. At the end of the day, 15 of those came on that celebration. Um, nothing too wild. Um, I'll take 6 for 40. I think I said last week I'll take 5 for 50 every time. I'll, I'll take 6 for 45 as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Third and fourth down efficiency. K-State, okay. I mean, above 50% on third down, 5 for 9 on third down. Didn't attempt anything on fourth. Nevada, eight for 17. So we kept them under 50%, but they did go 50% on fourth down. Um, again, those are numbers I'll take rest of the year. I'll take slightly over 50% for us, and I'll take them slightly under 50% on third down. So Did it feel to you like they had like 100 third downs? Yeah. It's like, geez, 17 is a lot, but Jesus Christ. It felt like every like five like, seconds they were, it was third and five or third and one all day <clears throat> yeah and they they loved running that wildcat and again you know they picked which up was some, very stupid in my opinion but they picked up a couple of them but it's like okay i mean whatever yeah but i would much have preferred they kept running that wildcat oh on those I, yes, down scenarios. take the ball out of your best player's hands stupid 100 oh, yeah. so let's get into the offensive side of the uh ball review sponsored by adopt don't shop if you want a great furry friend like newman or chauncey bosco Go to one of the great shelters throughout the country to find your newest family member. Good old Chauncey. He's passed out underneath me. I know Newman's enjoying Good. it. Is he back with you guys? Hell no. We live that apartment life. It's too much. Too okay. much. Well, I saw he's him. living a great, great house life in Topeka, but he's a good dog too. So let's I saw talk. him on Friday though. And he's, uh, he's fat now. He's living the life. He lives, he's with my parents, you know, just a, a quick 20 minutes away. We see him all the time. And, uh, my parents are just they feed him way too much he's a fat shit now even fatter than when you saw him last so it's not great well i still love newman um let's talk about the offense first off uh, before we get into like the position groups i i know i again i i'm probably just being seen as a messing him defender and i know you were really frustrated with him well but, i'll come back on that i'll yeah, i'll give him the credit I mean, that's where that's it's what, I, I i feel like he had a master class this week because he had a game plan. The whole game plan was we're going to just, you know, dominate them up front, wear them out, and just take over late in the game running the ball. And I understand the frustrations with the third quarter. I, I 100% do. It's it's kind of like comedy at this point. How It's like <laughs> our first drive, you're never getting points. But that second play, I don't know if it was Leonard's. I don't know if it was Will Howard. He had the right play. You know, that's a 30-yard, you know, pitch and catch if mm-hmm. it's executed better either by Leonard's or by oh, Will yeah. or one of mm-hmm. them. So I just – and this is probably just the cross that Courtney Messingham is going to have to bear. He is just the punching bag for the fan base when it comes to this offense, which honestly probably better him than Will Howard, which Will's still probably getting his own fair share. But I thought that this was – a master class of you have a game plan, you have an identity, you stick to it, and it works to perfection. So I just wanted to go to bat for my guy, Courtney Messingham, um, because I I mean, I think he was getting a little bit more hate than he deserved in that third quarter. And then, uh, you know, it all ended up working out great. I mean, 38 points, 
outgaining them almost 300 yards rushing. I mean, I'll take that. that Absolutely. Great. That was great. I will say you have a weird definition of comedy, my friend, because those third quarter woes are unacceptable staff wide. I mean, they need to be comedy remedied. after you win and you can look back and be like, LOL, like, why do we keep doing this? But outside of that, I think Messingham pretty much had a masterclass yesterday outside of a few tries that made me kind of pull my hair out at times during the game where it felt like we were losing momentum and it felt like we weren't capitalizing and to come out of or to kind of come away from what was working was frustrating. But a couple of those times really were execution errors. You know, when Will Howard uh, missed Lenners, he was late on hitting Lenners. He really he didn't miss him, but he was a little bit late. It was when he got kind of upended and there was nearly an interception that they dropped early on. He had Lenners out right oh. to the flat. Um, well, and we'll he just... also missed Warner on that one too, because if he hits Warner earlier and doesn't try to get him right. killed, that's still a first down. I, th- I think I'm talking about. Warner. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. That was Warner. Yep. But also when he did miss Lenners, I think that was, it's tough to tell who's, who was wrong there. I agree. I don't know if it was Lenners taking the wrong side of the route and turning the wrong way, but really if will just waited like a half second longer to release the ball, that's a 45 yard gain. No doubt about it. That looks exactly like the second play of the game, but um, to, to pretty much dominate, to pretty much dominate the game three out of four quarters and uh, score 38 points against a top 25 team. Hell a top, 10 team wink but um without your starting quarterback um you know that's you can't really ask for much more than that so i think messingham had a pretty damn good game outside of a few tribes that left me a little confused but it happens and you know i i'm a emotional tweeter in the game it happens it's just no, it, it is what it is that's not going anywhere no <laughs> and, and, and it shouldn't i'm not telling you not to but but there are still I, folks who on message boards and Twitter this morning, even in hindsight are still kind of getting on messing him. I'm just like, man. And, and here's the thing. I even was saying at halftime, I thought we should have had more than 17 points. And then KSU underscore fan kind of schooled me and said, you can never get mad at getting three points per drive in the first half. And I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. I'm sorry. Like I'm a dumb, dumb boy. Um, <laughs> I will but- say last week, I vowed to not say anything negative about Will Howard and I didn't do it. So Oh, and let's talk Steps about Will. in the right direction. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about Will. Will because for the most part, I don't think that there was much negative to say. His stat right. line, 7 for 10, 123 yards, one touching pass or one touchdown passing, which Stan Weber weirdly almost the what entire in pass. The hell. He is how, out of his mind. How is someone not in his ear? Because he said it like seven times, like the final three, because my dad and I left. We, we didn't see the final touchdown. We left to get a jump start um, after we yes. got that fourth down stop. We and left in the about car. eight minutes left. <clears throat> and like Stan Weber is just like, he says it like seven times between, you know, the end of the game and post game <laughs> and never even corrects himself. No. How is someone not in his ear saying, Stan, the second play of the game, we had a passing touchdown. God, he said, I can't remember what he said, but he said two more things on the drive from Manhattan to about Topeka that were so fucking stupid that I was just like, I had to I turn I had to turn it off because I just could not listen to him anymore. It was I was getting too much like embarrassment. Ugh, I don't know, Stan. Ooh, I'm a little worried about Stan, but let's talk about Will. Yeah, Will was excellent yesterday. Excellent in the run game. His option reads were pretty much perfect. Um, 
He only had I rewatched it every single read. He only one read one, was wrong. One yes. and it was it was a really bad, really bad job. But again, yeah. like one out of how many read? I mean, I'm sure fan has that, but I think probably like seven Second, or eight read options. Fourth quarter had, to Deuce, yeah. I believe, is when he missed that read, and that probably would have been a touchdown, and yeah. he was hit for a loss. But, but hey, you know, plays yeah, but, like that make me think that like it wasn't actually a read sometimes because it was so bad, but like uh, on the day, he was an excellent runner. He ran strong. Um, I still, uh, I still feel like he, when he's running in space, he looks like he's like running down the stairs after he missed a step, but that's okay. Just take care of the ball. And he did that yesterday. His passing was, you know, pretty solid. I mean, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, so it, it was the one long play to matter, baby. It was the sprint out to Sammy Wheeler that got the first down. And then it, every other pass I think he completed was like those like little bubble screen. Uh, no, he you had were, one to Ben Sennett, I think. And then it was like was a a, good pass. three or four bubble screens to mm-hmm, Brooks. Mm-hmm. So we loved that bubble screen to yeah. the flank, but um, I, I that pass to matter, baby, he was wide open, but he, hit him perfectly in, yeah, stride. in stride and you know what we've been criticizing we criticized Skyler for missing passes like that you know I mean baby was absolutely wide open almost similarly in the Stanford game and he missed him and you know credit to Will he hit him wide open and it was a touchdown and it was an exclamation point type of start so shout yeah. out to Will Howard because well, he had he had exactly the game that we needed him to have yeah, so Jaron Lewis so we'll talk about that in a second he went two of three for passing for six yards Offense scored on the two drives. Um, he, he was fine, but it was mainly like handing the ball off. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that there in a second. But it's like, okay, cool. We saw Jaron Lewis. I mean, made I another game, one of my yeah. predictions wrong. I, I, I once said that uh, Jaron Lewis would never have a meaningful snap at K State. I mean, so it's like, hey, I was wrong about Keenan Garber. I was wrong about Jaron Lewis. Um, so it's fine. Yeah, and I've kind of concluded that that was probably planned. Uh, yeah. They just kind of wanted to see, give Jaron a shot, see what he could do. But I don't Fine. think really the game plan changed even remotely. Um, it was the exact same game plan. Will essentially handed the ball off 80% of the time unless he kept it. And he only passed it 10 times. So if Jaron would have played the whole game, it probably would have looked about as similar of a stat line. But, I mean, he was fine. Um, it was another thing that kind of annoyed me. <laughs> but the fact that it was planned um, – I don't know. I think I have PTSD from the two quarterback bullshit at K-State, but I I felt for Will after being pulled um, because we were kind of rolling a little bit. And well, I mean, when he got when he got pulled after a three and out, I didn't feel like it was necessarily on him. No, no, no. Um, Here's the thing. I I was listening to Kleiman and uh, when he had his post game with Wyatt, he, he like said, hey, Wyatt, you know, I told you before the game. We we're going to do this. So it sounded like the yeah, fourth and yeah. fifth drives were always going to be Jaron Lewis to just say, Hey, we see in practice, you're doing a good job. And maybe, maybe that was something where it's like Kleiman's trying to keep a guy involved, trying to keep yeah. him from transferring, trying to show everyone on the team. Hey, if you put in the work and you're good in practice, you're going to play, even if you're a quarterback. Um, so I, yeah. I, I think that was always the plan. It's definitely smart in a way to create that kind of competition with depth. Um, keep, always keep your guy your QB one at the time being pushed by the guy behind him. So, you know, quality depth or depth competition, iron sharpens iron. So I don't really like it, but, uh, 
I don't, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see Jaron Howard. You know, anytime soon. Jaron Lewis. Or I'm sorry, right. yeah, Jaron Howard. Yes, Jaron. They could combine. That'd be fun. I don't that know could what be they interesting. look like, but I mean, Will might be a little faster, um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, um, I don't know. I was impressed with Will overall, and uh, I feel I feel pretty. I feel certainly better about him. Yeah, I, I feel confident that hey, he can be a caretaker of this offense. So I let, let's just like kind of go on the record. Neither one of us thinks that there should be a controversy. It should be Will Howard being QB one. But right. I'll I'll say this: if Lewis gets snaps, I'm not gonna like be shitting myself nervous and be like, okay, he can be a caretaker as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. I think that'd be totally fine. Good. Um, one one final thing I want to talk about specifically: Will Howard. He checked into that uh, play with a matter baby on the second play of the game. So again. The dude is smart. He has it like he, he has the strategy. So as long as he can stay confident in himself, I think he can be a good quarterback for us, a moderately good quarterback for us. I don't think he has. I personally don't think he has a I'm going to be great gene in him. But when you have the running backs and defense that we have and we're going to have next year as well, I don't think you have to have that. You always would want to have it in a quarterback, but you don't have to have it to be successful. So I'm to the point where it's like, all right, let's see what he does versus Oklahoma State. But I'm not necessarily saying, hey, we have to get a transfer quarterback next year. And again, maybe I'm just riding the highs and lows too much. <laughs> um, but I, I'm well, like, all right, like let's see what he does next week. And if and if he can put together a similar performance next week, like fuck it, let's ride with him next year. Well, I think people are including us forget that, you know, Will still really is a freshman. Um, this is the first year outside of last year where he did get amazing game experience um, that you can't take for granted, but last year was just so difficult in every way without getting any spring ball. He basically was plucked out of high school and dropped into the middle of college football, which is an impossible scenario. So the reality is Will to me is essentially eligibility wise. Also he's, he's a freshman. And he's playing like pretty much a freshman quarterback would across the country. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a process. Yesterday he stepped up, he played well, he took care of the ball. And, you know, I think Will is going to stay in the program for his career. I just, I don't know. He seems like a K-State guy at this point through and through. And just think how smart he's going to be with this offense um, when he's late in his career. I mean, he's going to be – He's a super smart guy. I mean, shit. He didn't he have offers from Stanford, Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. That's Yale. what I meant. I mean, so he's gonna he's gonna be one of those guys that knows the offense out of the back of his hand, and it's gonna be you know he's gonna be a good quarterback for us. I have no I have no doubt about it. Definitely. Um, do you have much concern about him not like being trusted to throw the ball a ton, or is it just as simple as saying, hey, when you have running backs, they're gonna you know, combined for that. I have concern. Words. I have concern because there are definitely going to be times where we're going to need to throw the ball probably as soon as next week. Um, but, but maybe not really <laughs> our, I know, <laughs> but maybe really not really our mantra kind of has been, can we sneak through these next two weeks? Can we steal these games? And, you know, if he puts in a performance like yesterday or a Would little bit better than yesterday, the exact same performance, uh, seven for 10, uh, one passing touchdown in 123 yards, and then two rushes for 56 yards and two touchdowns. That's 21 yeah. points. I'm taking it. I would. I absolutely. Right, what if would. you get rid of those touchdowns? Seven for 10, no interceptions. Uh, probably 123. Not. 
Maybe. I mean, that's him. No taking, fumbles. No turnovers. No fumbles. No picks. I mean, that's. And you could have touchdowns. You just don't know if you're gonna. Have. You just don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, probably. Probably. It's not very confident. I would. I would. <laughs> Let no me tell you this. I wanted to ask you this: if there was live, if you had the ability to live, like second by second betting. Yes. Would you have put money on? Amara Bebe making it into the end zone. No, no. I thought he was going to get caught. <laughs> he looked like he was running in about three feet of water. I think he wanted guy... to like celebrate. Like, I think he was like trying to like, maybe like think about high stepping. Then all of a sudden he's like, Oh no, I can't. But that fist arm, that was like a Jesse Ertz fist, like fist arm, just boom, just yeah. right in the dude's grill. And it hurt the guy. Too. Hurt him. Yeah, he bounced God. off of him. Yeah, like and that was great. And again, here, here's my complaint. If I'm going to throw shade at Courtney Messingham, how do you not find a way to get a matter baby the ball? He should be getting two week. to three like major targets a yeah. game, no doubt so, about it. Um, but where's your level? Did you of watch? Votes? You oh, did watch the game again. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. I loved seeing just the absolute like swarming love that Bebe got after oh, that yeah. touchdown. Everyone oh, yeah. on the team, I think, came up and congratulated him. So this team it was is good so to say. Tight. Love it. This Love team it. fucking rules. Love this team. Where's your confidence level in the quarterback uh, position as we were going to Stillwater and entering Big Twelve play? It's lukewarm still. Uh, I'm not super confident. Um, you know, especially God, I hate going. Why do we always open up in Stillwater? What the fuck? It's so bizarre. But I just, I don't have. A lot of confidence going to Stillwater at all. I think it's just because we've been burned there. It feels like so many times. Two times you and I have both gone in the last six years and come away with really frustrating losses. Yeah, we, we didn't go to the one where we actually fucking won. Yeah, yeah. And I'm um, going to be going back, so sorry. Well, chance, everyone. it's a different formula now. I'm not going to be there, so maybe, you know, the universe, that's what we need. I won't be there. Maybe I'm the bad luck charm. but. Um, it's not great. Uh, you know, we're clearly the staff is not super confident in the quarterback situation either. The fact that we had planned on playing two quarterbacks yesterday kind of says that, and the overall reluctance to throw the ball with Will Howard kind of says that, and we're going on the road to a big 12 foe. And I don't think Oklahoma state is that good this year. Um, but it's still Oklahoma state. There's still a, a talented ball club. And they've got an experienced coach that has beat climbing twice. And they you know, got a gonna, dub, dub at Oklahoma State last week. It's going to. Huh? Or, sorry, they got a dub at Boise State. Boise, yesterday. Boise. Sorry. Yeah. They Was that 21 20 in the end? Yep, 21 20. Pretty boring game. Um, yeah, it, it honestly was. I tell you what, it's just. It doesn't. It, it's, it's, I think we're going to be dogs 100%. And um, they're going to have to prove me wrong again uh, next week. I'm going to pick us to win, of course. But they're going to have to prove me wrong. I, I am not super confident going into next week, particularly with the quarterback situation. No, I hear you. All right, let's talk tight ends, fullbacks. Uh, fullbacks, Jackson Barta did a good job out there. I thought uh, their lead blocks. Jax was back on kickoff coverage again which is like my own like personal, like just shot of adrenaline dude is just, he's just an old school, just an yes. old school football player. Love it. I fucking um, love this team. 
Oh, it's amazing. It, it truly is amazing. Uh, no no so touches funny. for him. In, but... in like a month, we could be like, fuck this team. Oh, I, I don't think so. I, I like <laughs> no, the personalities right. enough. I, I mean, totally we might agree. lose the next three games. Um, we might be three and three. Mm-mm. But I'm still going to love these guys. Yeah, I, mean, I do like these guys a lot. I'm going to love them more. Um, we already talked a lot about uh, Matter Bebe. Um, what, what a great play. Um, finally saw like what the preseason hype had been going for in, in that stiff arm again just literally murdered a nevada guy which was he's nice. so big he's a beast yeah um, i thought it was a good day uh just generally from the tight ends you know from the fullbacks um pretty solid contribution in the blocking game and in the passing game uh outside of that Leonard's kind of snafu which would have been another enormous chunk play i mean he was all by himself in, in a similar vein that Bebe was um it was a good day um Senate had a tough holding call that hurt us a little bit. Yeah, but took, he, us, out, he made a, took us out of the five yard line. But he made a big made catch. Yeah. yeah. And then Sammy Wheeler had that nice six yard catch. Again, I like some of the pieces we have in those spots. Like, you know, Bebe's the only game changer, but you have a lot of com- complimentary pieces amongst the fullbacks and tight ends. I, I, you know what? Shame on me. I'm the fucking worst. I skipped over the offensive line in our outline and they were utterly dominant in that fourth yeah. quarter. They look so really good. Were. They look good in the first half has this unit. And, and again, I was a little bit down on them. I mean, hell just even last week at a point, I was a little bit down on them in Stanford, but I think now it, it's taken them three games, but I think they've hit the point where they've hit their preseason hype. Do you, think that or do you think they need to do it more or do you just need to see it more consistently before you say okay you know they they've lived up to the preseason hype well mm, i'm not sure they've lived up to the preseason hype but i haven't had as many gripes with them as other folks have had in these first i'll say the first two games because really outside of the third quarter which is not a unique struggle of the offensive line. It's team-wide. The team seems to come out in the third quarter and struggled massively. We completely dictated the game against Stanford, and that was against, you know, some pretty large boys facing them on the defensive line. We essentially dictated the entire game against SIU outside of one catastrophic quarter where – and, and that was another game where we leaned on the run game. So I think the first two games, I was, you know, pretty impressed with the offensive line to begin with. Um, today has kind of stamped it for me. I don't know if they've met preseason hype because I think the preseason hype maybe was a little unfair. It's always super high coming out of camp. Do you think um, it's because, like, we have some dudes I don't mixed know with what the it confidence is. in Connor Riley? I think, I, I think that's what it is. I mean – you know you have some like certified dudes. You have a future NFL player in BB. You have a lot of young talent. You have a lot of experience, and then everyone honestly, loves Connor Riley. I don't know about everyone. We certainly do, though. Oh, who does? Okay, I'm sure. I mean, there's some right. bored dickheads that are like, "Who? We need to see this offensive line." But what I will say is, the left side of the offensive line has been absolutely dominant for the first three games. The right side has been dominant for about 60% of the time they've struggled a little bit but that left side has been elite um, as a unit I mean we've pretty much dictated the first three games we've we've been very very run heavy yeah game one it, two and three and and we've beat the shit out of all three of these teams 
I think that SIU outside of Skyler going down and there being some weird energy in the air, we would have won that game by 30 plus. No well, doubt and they're going to be an FCS playoff team. And I, beat and the piss I think out of somebody yesterday. I think Nevada is going to be the mountain West champion and Stanford. Fuck. They might be ending up in the goddamn PAC 12 championship game. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, and, and again, and here's the fun part about the offensive line yesterday. I thought it was the best game so far this year for Noah Johnson. I think it was the best game so far of the year for Ben Adler. And I think, it was the best game so far for Christian Duffy. But here's the yeah. thing. The one series Revis was down, KT Levison came in and played some of the best football I have ever seen from him. And yes. then Handley Panzer had one, I think maybe one series or maybe a handful of plays. Dude was straight up bowling people. And keep in mind, you know, you, you lost Taylor Portier, who was one of those young guys who you thought were going to be elite. So you're doing all this without the like number one, you know, substitute. Without one of your one line guys, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so that's, maybe that's why I'm getting excited because it, it came down to KT Lev and Panzer came in and were working dudes and Noah Johnson finally was starting to do more. Yeah. And Grant's having so much fun. He's born more Tito's. What a you man. know what I, you know what, just real quick, I want to give Kleiman a shout out. We've said this before, but the man knows how to build a program and he knows how to build depth. And he it's knows how to identify obvious... people. Hanley yes. Panzer had like bum fuck nothing offers. And here he is just looking like a straight up bully. And again, yeah. I'm not saying, cause I think, I think we got a tackle commit from Texas. And I think, uh, I think, do we only have one offensive lineman commit right now? I don't know. And, I, and I'm not saying, Oh, just go exclusively Kansas players. But here's the thing. You can get some mean sons of bitches out of different parts of Kansas. Yeah, yeah. we only have uh, no, we have John Pastor. Uh, yeah, so we have we have two offensive line recruits, one from Colorado, one from Texas. The guy from Texas actually lived in Kansas for a while. But you can find some of these non-recruited players, players who didn't have offers, who are linemen in Kansas, and you can turn them into dudes. That's what we're seeing. Before our very eyes with Panzer, I, and I am, I just love it. And, and you said it right there. Kleiman knows how to identify talent and knows how to build depth. And that is what's going, that's what gives me confidence that, and this would have been regardless of if Oklahoma and Texas were leaving. I have all the confidence in the world that as long as we keep Coach Kleiman, we're going to win big 12 titles. Yeah, I agree. So Totally agree. Um, is Let's there any, get Anything else you want to talk about with them? I mean, what's I, I assume we have relatively high confidence in the uh, offensive line moving into Big 12 play? I have confidence. High. I have confidence, yes. So that's – you you have confidence. I have confidence. Okay. Let's move into the, like, position group where we have a ton of confidence. That's the running backs. I think that – I I it's weird. I think when it's all said and done, folks are going to just – look back at the Deuce Vaughn era and realize we did not appreciate the type of back he is because 23 carries 127 yards, a touchdown, one reception for 16 yards. Like the dude is patient. He is everything you want from a running back. When it looks like he's going to be taken down at the line of scrimmage, he's finding a way to get three yards. He's, you know, getting a little gap and getting five. I mean, he's not even doing it like in the last two weeks with big plays. You saw it versus Stanford. It was a big play and some chunks. This time it's just like, oh, hey, I'm going to pick up like eight yards every single time. No massive plays. And the dude is just, just amazing. And again, I, this is 100% hand up. This is me. 
you weren't like this. A lot of the boneheads weren't like this. I didn't think he could be a workhorse type back getting over 20 yards of carries. And I didn't think he was going to be a thousand yard rusher at any point in his K-State career. I really saw him more of an offensive weapon than a true running back. And here he is every single game. He's gone over 120 yards. He hit his new career high, 127 yards and a touchdown. I think it's time to kind of put that narrative that I probably unjustly put on him to bed because he is special and he can handle it. He is a literal freak. I mean, seriously, Deuce Vaughn is freakish. Um, I, it's hard to understand what you're seeing, honest to God, when Deuce Vaughn gets the ball. Um, and I don't think you appreciate it as much watching on TV versus in person. Last year, is you knew he was psycho. special. You, you knew he was special last year watching on TV, yes. but then you see it and you see, you know, because I'm, I'm in section seven, row 39. So I'm, I'm pretty high up. I get to see it. See, seeing how he turns literally nothing into oh there's a tiny little hole i'm gonna squirt through it and pick up eight like you don't see that in college football he is a special player he is one of the best players ever at k-state already like he is going to be an absolute legend it's hard to describe what you're seeing when you see dude's fun play and like him adding the fold of him being able to be run to run through the tackles which I mentioned it last week that it's it's a thing that he can do just because of his size. You know, it's impossible to fucking see him, but his size compared or combined with like his ability to get three yards in an instant. Like he, he I've never seen a player. I truly have never seen a player move as well as he does laterally. Like he can jump. It's like he's literally looks like a water bug. Like it is, I, and that's been like a, a description of small running backs before, but this is as apt as it as could possibly be for him. Cause it, it literally looks like he is jumping these three yards in a second. And then, but he's, his ability to like change directions is unbelievable. And he's got ridiculous vision too. I mean, he's, he is so good. He's it, it patient. Is, it just, uh and and somehow he is like tough i mean he's super tough like very hard to bring down and it's not i don't think it's just because of his like his stature like he is legitimately strong and he runs between he runs through tackles he and upon that rewatch he probably had to play the game on that third down or second down and 10 late in the third quarter we had just given up 10 straight points it was 17 all there was three minutes left to go in the third quarter. And our first down, we just got blown up behind the line of scrimmage. We threw a swing pass to Deuce on the splits those two defenders. Split those two defenders. It was about to be basically another loss. And it ends up with a gain of 15. And that changed everything. Yeah. That legitimately changed everything in the game. And we did not look back after that. Um, I'm fucking obsessed with Deuce Vaughn. He is. Oh, I mean, he is a special player. Do not take him for granted. Any chance you get to watch Deuce, you got to do it. Um, one of the most exciting players that I've ever seen at K-State. Yeah. He yeah. is not Darren Sproles. He is so different than Darren Sproles. I mean, 100%. Darren was a straight-up, like, obviously Darren had ridiculous lateral movement. He could break people's ankles, but he was think, so much more downhill. I think Joe Irvin is actually the better comp for yeah, Darren Sproles because 
you know, yeah. Sproles, he, he, he probably got lateral a little bit better than Joe Irvin, but Joe Irvin is one cut and then go. Yeah. And I think that's what more Darren Sproles was than Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn, you, you said he's jumping around. It's like he's, he's floating on the turf. It's like, he's insane. how does he cut? So it's like, he, he, it's like short choppy change of motion. Like it is, it's wild what Deuce is able to do. And we're going to talk so much about Deuce, but I do want to give some love to Joe Irvin because again, Amazing, 11 rushes, right? 82 yards, touchdown. And, and I want to I want to give a shout out to my dad. Shout out to Kevin. On that touchdown, I, I, I said something along the lines of, oh boy, like we're going to end up having to sell for a field goal, yada, yada, yada. Because I think it was like second and 12. I don't remember the exact <laughs> down distance. Goes, Isn't it funny how like quickly you can go into a negative spiral when you're oh, in yeah. the stadium? Just oh, yeah. after one play, yeah. you're just like, yeah, yeah. oh my fucking God. Yeah. I, I ride the roller coaster. But, my, but Kev goes, Nope, Joe Irvin's going to get this. He's getting all six. I was like, what do you mean we need more than six yards? He goes, no, touchdown. So then he, <laughs> he gets through there, and I just I like just start pounding on his chest. Like, I need to be careful on my dad. I don't want to break him or anything. But, oh, yeah, yeah, but, man, he called that. But how about Joe Irvin? And again, I, I think he's the perfect running mate for Deuce Vaughn. Again, both of them have the big play potential. And I think it's too easy to put them both in boxes because they're short quick guys but you pointed out perfectly deuce vaughn is able to go sideline to sideline he is a water bug he's jumping all around joe Irvin, one cut hit the hole and he once he hits the hole i don't i don't buy the whole 21 miles an hour thing i i I know but you understand but you understand what that means now like 100 because because he he gets the ball and he's six yards beyond the line of scrimmage before he hits contact like he just hits a hole and he's going and um, I love that I love that I love the way he plays he has no hesitation at all and um, he's like the opposite of Deuce in terms of patience but he doesn't necessarily need it because he commits to that hole and he is there 100% going full speed yeah he, he he is not a patient guy like on the goal line in a goal line situation, Deuce Vaughn is going to dance around, dance around. He's going to see a little crack of Deuce light, and then so he's going to boom. Dude. He's going to get in the end zone. Joe Irvin's like, all right, give me the ball. I'm going to run as fast as I can. I hope there's a hole there. If there is, I could run, you know, all the way to Junction City before someone stops me. If not, let's hope, you know, he can just run into someone's back and get in the end zone. But it's awesome. I, I love those two. And let, let's talk about this, though. Um no carries for Jacardia Wright. Um, you saw him late when all he was doing was blocking. Do you have any worries about him not getting involved, or is this just one of the things of, hey, he's the third string running back. He's stuck around through last offseason. He understands his role, um, and you just got to go with the hot hand because there are some folks who are like, okay, you have to get this guy carries. You can't let him transfer, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to see him go. But I don't see – like when you, when you look at the rushing production we had yesterday – Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not like, I'm not mad. He didn't get the ball. I would have liked to see it, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, calling for Courtney Messingham's job again, message boards and Twitter is just gross. Like people are just saying stupid stuff all the time. Hate it. That's like, people are like legitimately mad about that. Do they have a gripe or is it more of like, Hey, you know, we, we all like, right. But if he doesn't get carries, how can you get mad at the performance that you saw of Joe Irvin and Deuce Vaughn? It's both for me. Um, you know, Vaughn and Irvin ran for 209 yards yesterday, and we scored 38 points. Um, 
completely dictated the game through the running game with those two running backs. And they looked like a hell of a one-two punch. So when you see that, it's really, I, I just think it's as simple as Deuce and Joe are, are better than Jacardi Wright. And I don't think there's a lot more to it than that. But I do think, you know, you've got a shit ton of eligibility left for Jacardi Wright. I do think it would serve to keep him more engaged, keep get him more involved. Um, you know, that last drive, he probably should have been given a lot more touches. Um, or any touches? Any touches. Uh, so it's a little bit of both for me because I do like Jacardi Wright and I have hopes for Jacardi Wright. And what from what we've seen of him, he looks to be like a solid back. You yeah. know, last week he ran for seven, eight, nine yards um, on three carries or something like that. Um, you know, he's got the ability. But I think we just also – it's scary because players can transfer now just kind of immediately immediately all he has to penalty. do is like type his name all he has to do is say it and he's gone and that scares me but we have to realize that these players are so young and you know it's deuce and Irvin now and they're freshmen and jacardier is also a freshman so some players have to just put in a little bit more time to become uh relevant in the fold is Jacardier Wright going to put that time in? I don't know. That's yet to be seen. I personally, you know, I would, I would like to see him get a little bit more carries, but with the evidence, you know, and with the production that we've had, you can't necessarily say that what we're doing is wrong. But uh, because, no. because uh, Irvin is honestly, like you said it yourself, Irvin is kind of fulfilling that power back role, even though he's a little guy, but I don't know. I think Wright has something to offer. I'd like to see him get him more carries, but also running backs. And again, I'm not wishing this into the world, but running backs get banged up. I there's going to be a game or two or three or six where Wright has to be the guy just because, you know, someone gets a hip contusion, you know, someone rolls up on an ankle, like he will get his time. I just want to make, I, I, Again, I'm not willing to say, hey, you know what? We're going to sit Deuce and Joe Irvin for an entire half just to make sure Wright's happy. But there's going to be a time where you need Wright. So you can't be losing this kid in the season to the portal. No, I don't. That's the And I'm not thinking he's going to. He stuck around after he was in the doghouse all last year, seeing what we had at running back. I think he is a – I think he's a wildcat. I just – I just – want him to, you know, stay involved. I agree. I I think the kid can be special. I think it would be wise to have, or it would have been wise to include him more yesterday, particularly towards the end of the game. Um, But I don't know. I, it is, I do think that we all kind of have that fear of the portal um, because we don't like losing players. You can lose them like that. And, you know, it's kind of scary, but it's early. Jacardi is so young. They're all so young. Like they have so much career ahead of them that, you know, and maybe it's just not quite like he's, he's close. Maybe it's just not quite clicking for him yet. And he's there, but I don't know. That's a tough question. It's just a kind of a tough question because fucking Irvin and Deuce are killing it. And you know, you can't necessarily knock that. Here's another tough question. Uh, Cause I think we both have super high confidence in this group before going to uh big 12 play. Here's my question. 
Should in, should in, instead of giving Will Howard these goal line carries, should we be giving them to Deuce just for the fact we should be trying to pump up those touchdown numbers to start getting maybe not a Deuce for Heisman, but a Deuce for a first team All Conference type love? Because I mean, again, I I think we talked about this in the preseason with Skyler talking about oh can he be the second team All Conference quarterback? Probably not going to happen because he's missing so many games with injury. But the pace of play and it's just like how many touches deuce gets versus a hey, Brees hall and like other running backs and Bijan robinson even letty brown like all these teams play with more pace so their guys are getting more touches so they're going to be getting more yards so should we be like trying to get do some of these touchdowns for these personal uh you know accolades or is it more of like okay hey one team one dream let's get it in let's get will some touchdowns get his confidence up because that's my thought. When we're in the goal line, it's like, hey, we're probably going to score. I want Deuce to be getting it because I want to see three touchdowns next to his name. I want to see 130 and three touchdowns instead of 127 and two or one. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I already do kind of feel like Deuce isn't getting enough love already. It's only, and- it's only pro football focus. Like, he hasn't yeah. gotten a helmet sticker on college football game day. He's not getting talked about on national podcasts. And it's like, this dude is elite. And I, I had. I think it comes down to yeah. stats. He, he, it's like only 127 yards, and it's only two touchdowns or one touchdown. Like I, I seriously. Okay, so I held my hand up going into this year. I knew Deuce was a special player. I thought, like you know, straight up head to head as a running back. Like, um, oh Jesus, I'm going blank. Ejon Luddy, Bryce Hall. Bryce, Bryce Hall, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Hall. Hall. No, Bre- let's call him Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall. Um, I hold my hand up that I was like, Bryce Hall is getting disrespected. Like, head-to-head, he's definitely, like, a better out-and-out running back. than. But no, fuck no. Like, Deuce is so good. He has blown my expectations doors off. Um, he absolutely rivals whoever is the number one running back in this conference, it could be him at this point in time. Um, he is so versatile and yeah, I agree. Pad the fuck out of his stats because I mean, what he's had a hundred, he's had a hundred yard rushing five straight games. And, um, you know, he looks the part, he absolutely looks the part. He can take on 20 to 25 carries. No problem. I mean, the guy, the guy's all business. So I agree. Let's pad those stats. Let's talk about the receivers. Not much to talk about. Malik Knowles, no receptions, one carry for six yards. Um, Phillip Brooks, five receptions, 28 yards. I think they're all in the swing pa- passes to the flat. Uh, no other receiver got a catch or stat. You know, Warner had that one thrown to him. Uh, is that a side effect of the staff being concerned with Will throwing, the running backs being elite, or, hey, maybe once again – like the eighth straight year, we convinced ourselves that the wide receiver core nah. was better than it actually is. No, I think that Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks are two good Big Twelve uh, wide receivers. Um, I don't think that you know their lack of involvement yesterday is anything to do with their quality or lack thereof. Um, we knew it was going to be run heavy. We knew that passing was going to be very opportunistic, very strategic. So. Um, I have no worry about, you know, guys like, I mean, Malik's looked great so far. Anytime he's been involved, he's looked strong. He's looked assured of himself. And it, I, you can watch the game and see the game. It's not a lack of them like being able to get open anymore, 
which was a huge concern the last two to three years. They just couldn't get separation. Um, and now that they are, it's kind of a combination of like, they're not being seen <laughs> by the quarterback. Um, if it was Skyler, I think, you know, it'd be a different story. You know, we were attacking deep immediately with SIU and Skyler was putting it in the bucket. So I have no fears about the receivers, particularly our top two. I think Phillip Brooks has really grown into like that. What's his name? Fuck. I'm really bad with names today. Former boy. Banks, Tremaine Thompson. Thompson. He's really grown into that Thompson-type role. Um, Which is like this little gadget. Hey, quick. Gadget. Make make something happen. Quick, make something But also, he's like a sneaky, deep guy that can, you know, they're not going to find him, and he finds that open space. And I think – I still think Malik Knowles is easily our out-and-out best receiver. And, you know, yesterday just was not one of those games where we were going to be using those wide receivers a whole lot. So, I don't feel – I have no no qualms then. Yeah, I, I I'll say this, and again, not trying to put it out in the world. I I think Malik Knowles in his perfect world was going to have a big year and then go pro, um, because he's like one of those guys who's a little bit older for his classification, similar to Byron Pringle, not that extreme. I wouldn't be surprised if after this season he either ju- does say "f it," I'm going to try to be a NFL undrafted free agent, or he might even try to go a place where they do toss around the ball a little bit to showcase his talent. I hope that's not the case. I want him to be a wildcat for life. Um, I just want to find a way to get him the ball more, but um, do you have anything else on the wide receivers before moving to defense? Not a lot to say about the wide receivers. Hopefully, the, hopefully he has another big game. I mean, cause he was massive versus SIU. So uh, we're going to talk about the defense, no sponsor for the defense. What can I, I like I'm 100% <laughs> all in the mob is back. I, I, I think that, Carson Strong is a better quarterback than we'll see rest of the year. Spencer Rattler isn't that good. And I don't think there's anyone else in the Big 12 who's even close. And you held him to what, 17 points? I want you to knock on I want you to knock on wood about the Rattler comment just so he doesn't okay. but fuck us in two weeks. Knocking on wood. But thanks. But in, in, in I will say he, about I just, uh, I know, Carson man. Strong. That was a pro arm, no doubt in my mind. He had an absolute NFL arm. He made um, like three massive play- – like th- there was that third and like 20 where he just threaded the needle right through. He had like, three oh, unbelievable gosh. throws, unbelievable throws. But he also had – I don't know. I wasn't super sold on Carson Strong, and I think I'm in the minority here. I think I think are. I think that our defense had a lot to do with it, but I mean he had a lot of miscue throws too, and he well, can barely the move. Secondary was all he cannot on. move at all. Like I just don't know how well. Like there's no fucking way. Like he's an NFL quarterback. I will easily say that. But there's no fucking way he's even close to like even the top quarterback pick for me. I, I he's just. He's way too immobile. I just don't know how. Well, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust. Changed. I'm gonna trust the talent but, evaluators. I'm gonna trust Derek yeah. Young. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I, I don't I, trust Derek Young. He he might not be. He might not be one one when it's all said and done. But he's a first round draft pick. He's gonna be one of the first two or three quarterbacks. I think. Yeah. And I saw like an Atlanta Falcons scout down on the field, like watching him very closely during warm-up so for the sake of heard it here first the next atlanta falcons quarterback is carson strong for the sake of banter he's the number one overall pick and he just ran into a defensive buzzsaw yeah into the mob um honestly the only issue like the only issue was big plays 
but they had to they had to get cute with it. They had a reverse halfback pass for 44 yards, and then they had that one the one time they got behind both safeties with a 55 yard bomb, and ultimately mm-hmm. that was almost one third of their yards the entire you know game. Um, are, so here's my question to you: Are you more concerned that we gave up two big plays? Are you more encouraged that the defense, you know, one third of the total days of offense only came on those two? I'm more encouraged. Um, and really, I'm, I'm encouraged with our scheme and um, how we kind of attack that offense. Because I did, after listening to the Aggie, shout out to the Aggieville Alley Cats, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Ace and Connor fucking nailed their scouting reports. Yes. And if you guys haven't listened to them, you need to. If you're, if you're going to listen to one of their shows every week, it needs to be the preview scouting report because, you know, they actually, they put in the work and they were pretty much correct on all fronts. Um, they nailed. How great would it be to be a college student with that free time to watch? I know. Shows? God, I was thinking that myself. But no, well, and, and, and sorry, that might have sounded like shade towards them. That was not supposed to. Well, like, no, they put in the work. They, they put well, the in funny thing is, like, I, before, like, the one, I made a joke, like, the one time I put in that amount of work was literally episode one, and it, it pays off. It pays dividends uh, to watch a shitload of games and scout teams. It's fun, but, like, for them to put in that amount of work is great, and they nailed it. Um, pretty much everything they said came to fruition and was very accurate about the Nevada team, but um i'm super impressed with the defensive scheming because i ended up watching just kind of lightly loosely watching uh cal nevada after listening to the game because you know baby we're two and oh i i you got to soak up everything now um (laughs) before it goes off the rails just kidding we're going 15 and oh um they like to take deep shots and we didn't let them like we did not let them take deep shots and i'm telling you like against Cal they took deep shots that weren't even there so like we we made them feel uncomfortable all day the fact that we really only gave them one successful deep chunk play that led to that touchdown is a scheme another scheming master pat master class by Clandy and that secondary they clamped down again and you know we gave them a couple we we gave them the first and second down underneath but it's a testament that they had so many third downs um, on the day and only Especially, had, had, had less than 50%. So, I mean, I, ugh, is the mob back? I think Dare the we mob's say back. the mob is back. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I can't I get say some... the mob's back until we're in big 12 play yet. And I, I got to see us against your uh, conference foe, but like, uh, no, this is the back. best fucking defense I've seen. And this, this is the best defense I've seen since 2012. And I can say that easily oh with, like, with no hesitation not even close uh so what was i gonna, with the first and second now i i get some folks frustration but again you pointed out aggieville alley cats pointed it out uh, i think at ksu 90 on twitter pointed it out as well with like a compilation nevada wants to go deep they they want to chuck it deep so the fact that they were settling for those underneath routes so often really does tell you how great we were deep in coverage. So I'm Excellent. all about it. Um, let's move into the different position units. Um, defensive line, how great were they? Because I think they, they were the biggest part of holding Nevada to just the 25 yards rushing on, excuse me, on 23 attempts. 
They're in the backfield almost every play. They were hitting the running backs on almost every play. Eli Huggins, I mean, he had one of the best games of his career, three tackles, one tackle for a loss and a QB hit. Nate Matlack, two tackles and a sack. Timmy Horn, one tackle. But again, that dude is eating up the center every single play. King Felix, two tackles. Spencer Trussell, uh, one tackle for a loss. He also got a QB hit. Boom Massey, one QB hit, one tackle for a loss, two total uh, tackles. Robert Hentz got a pass breakup. Grant, just kind of walk me through what you saw in the defensive line. And again, we, we know Khalid Duke is injured. We hope he's going to come back. That's not fun to see. But the confidence in the offensive line has to just be through the roof when some folks were nervous about that group coming into the season. I don't know how people could be nervous about that group. With kind well, I mean, of you, lost, you lost Wyatt Hubert, and then you lost know, but, some interior yeah. guys who played really well, like Trey Deshaun. I mean, I don't know. I, I could see why. I could I'm, see why, but the hype about Timmy Horn and, you know, Huggins was a solid player coming out of last season. And I don't know. I just, I guess I had a ton of faith in guys like Cali Duke and the hype about on a DK Matlack. It just seems like we have, and I have faith in the staff in, in terms of building depth. So I don't know that, that they're probably our best unit rivaled with the secondary, um, They've been so, so disruptive and only with a three man front. Like that's the most impressive part to me. Um, they're bringing three guys pretty much every time and they're getting to the quarterback and they're filling those gaps. So I absolutely love, love this D line. Um, it's super impressive. It's super impressive. Yes, it, it really is. And, and again, I'm pumped to see the Nate Matlack hype start to take off. There's a Kansas kid a highly ranked Kansas kid coming in and making an immediate difference. Again, I, I understand that th- there's, you know, there, there are Kansas kids, they're gone. Like some of them are not coming back, but how, if you're a Kansas kid and you're watching college football, how can you not see what K-State's doing with Kansas kids and not decide to come? I, again, I understand that, you know, if Clemson comes calling, that's tough to turn down, but I just, you just see it happening at every part of the, offense and defense it's like we bring kansas and kansas city boys in and they get shit done yeah also is nate matlack like the biggest following recruiting dividends that are paid off for us first commit 2020 like yeah as as far as fans go like being you know um like kind of linked into following recruiting like as closely as you possibly can matlack Kansas guy from Olathe, first committed 2020, and you see it pay off on the field yesterday with an enormous first or fourth down stop. And he's only a freshman. Like, yeah, this is that's one of those like great examples where like following recruiting pays off and it's like actually fun. Yes, yes. Oh, I love it. I love, I love the defensive line. I, again, I, again, even if you weren't nervous about the defensive line, I don't know if I expected, and I, I was high on them because I was an early Timmy Horn believer. they're just so fun to watch again Timmy Horn I don't think he has a game where he has more than one tackle but the dude is literally eating every single center and guards lunch like how he's pushing them back three yards of play how do you not double you have to double team him (laughs) otherwise he's going to be in your quarterback's lap immediately I just I love Timmy Horn what a great pickup yeah excellent yep so let's get into the linebackers who I think are blowing everyone's expectations out of the water granted 
there was no expectation. So it wouldn't be hard to do, but I think it mainly has to do that. Daniel green, who you want to talk about a saga, like here's this four star top two twenty or 250 guy. Uh, you get commit. He kind of vanishes for a year. Then he shows up on campus. He red shirts. Like he, he's seemingly you you've been talking about Daniel green forever, but he's a junior still just a junior. And in theory, could be a sophomore if he wants that extra year of eligibility, but he's a bad man. He is flying all over the place. Nine tackles, one sack, one quarterback hit. He's the type of dude you need running the mob defense. He is so much fun. Again, dare I say he's like Arthur Brown light. Like he's not Arthur Brown. He's he's, He's not big 12 player of the year, Arthur Brown, but is he, you know, all big 12 linebacker, Daniel Green? I think he is Arthur Brown light. He's flying around like that. Again, not at that level, but he's, I think he's Arthur Brown light. I'm feeling more and more, feeling more and more vindicating having him as my preseason defensive. That that was amazing. That was an amazing call. But I will say it's a great, it's actually the Arthur Brown comparison is good um, in that, you know, in that, no, he elevates and transforms the defense when he is on the field because without him, the defense takes a visible step down. And when he is on the field, he completely transforms that defense, just like Arthur Brown really elevated our entire defense in 2012. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, obviously Daniel green has taken an enormous step forward, which we all hoped would happen. We needed that from him and he did it and he stepped up and it's huge, but you got to give a shout out to Fletcher. I think Fletcher has been really solid as that second guy. Um, not a lot to say about the, the, the rest of the cast. It's a little scary <laughs> if those two guys are not on the field, but um, they've been serviceable at best. And, you know, I guess with a lot of teams, once you get past the, the second linebacker, a lot of teams are probably going to have just serviceable linebackers anyway. So it, it's they have exceeded my expectations as a unit in the first three games, no doubt. So this is, this is where I my, feel good about it. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, this is where my fear is though, because Cody Fletcher has gone after this year. Hopefully Daniel green's coming back, but it's like, okay, who are you going to pair with him next year? Are any of those young linebackers going to be ready to step up? Or are you going to yeah. have to get into the portal, which we did not do very well because no. I haven't seen Munoz all year. Like, and if whatever, if we end up having an elite year and people say, Hey, yeah, Munoz was a leader in the locker room and sweet, but you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of sucks that, you know, the linebacker you brought in hasn't been able to make an impact. So I, that's going to be one of the major off season storylines I'm going to be following. It's okay. Are yeah. we bringing in linebackers in the portal to pair with Daniel green or will one of the young guys step up? I do want to talk about something real quick. It looks like Hennington has now become the go-to guys at third linebacker role. He got a tackle. I think he's fine. I, 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 it's like a lesser version of Cody Fletcher. I think Cody Fletcher is solid, not great, but solid. I think Hennington is mm-hmm. fine, not good, not bad. He's just fine. Um, but it does seem that the Wayne Jones kind of experiment, you know, he's absent. He only plays on special teams. Do you think, and, and this is depressing for me to say, because he's like one of my dudes, like when he was playing he as was. a freshman, starting as a safety, we're like, who Wayne Jones? Like we have like a whole bit around it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm to the point where I'm almost and, and again, this might be the kiss of death, aka well not kiss of death, the kiss of hey, he's about kiss to of be life. Good. Yeah, this is about to be the kiss of life for me, but I'm almost to the point and I I'll say I think any hopes of Wayne Jones being a major contributor on the defense is dead. Are you gonna go that far or are you going to kind of like pump the brakes? Because right now me saying that means he's probably gonna be an all-American before it's all said and done. 
I'm not pumping the brakes. I think you're right. Um, I mean, we've seen him now for, this is his third season of being like actually playing, well, playing, you know, he, he's been integrated into the team for quite a long time. And um, I don't, I mean, we tried to move him to, to linebacker and, you know, maybe that'll pay dividends in the future. It's not really right now. Um, that's the only real way that I see him actually contributing but to the defense. He only has like one season left. I know. Well, maybe yeah. two. Last but... year doesn't really count at all. But if he's going to stay for two more seasons, I don't know. I, I just feel like the crazy thing was the hype around him. It wasn't just from us. I mean, the coaches were talking him up as like the one of the best players on the defense, and that he was so smart and makes all the right plays and I mean, we just have all come back to that really he had versus that? Arkansas state. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that certainly doesn't help, but um, I just think if he can't get in, like, I don't know, man, if he can't get into this linebacker room, he's certainly not going to get back into this secondary and the secondary is stacked. So I don't know. It, it, it just may have been the case where he's, it didn't necessarily pan out like we wanted it to for him. And that happens all the time. So it is what it is. Um, I don't think you're wrong. Where's your confidence in the linebackers as we go into Big 12 play? Mine is as simple as this. Daniel Green's out there. I feel confident. If he's not, I'm shitting my pants. Agreed. 100%. Um, it goes for the entire defense. Have to have Daniel Green on the field. Yep. All right. Make sure that he's eating his Wheaties and drinking his Powerade Zeros or Gatorades, whatever. Keep him hydrated. Let's get into the secondary. Gave up a few big plays, but, you know, only 306 uh, passing yards. Um, 44 of them were, was on a trick play. Um, How would you grade out the secondary? I, I mean, I'm giving them a B plus yesterday. Definitely grading them well. Um, I'd give them an A minus. You know, they. Yeah, I give them an A minus. I think they were they were really solid um, as a whole, and you know I don't know if it was scheming that kind of took that deep ball away from uh, Nevada, but um, we did something right in the secondary to kind of scare them away from uh, taking those deep shots down the field and taking them away when they actually did. So, um, I mean, we kept an 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 excellent NFL quarterback basically at bay all day yesterday. We gave him some easy stuff, but um, the gang tackling, as soon as that that ball was caught, was there. And, God, the secondary. The secondary is exciting, like super exciting. Amazing combination of youth and experience. And um, it's just – I think it's a formula for a special year. Um, they've been really, really good through three games. So Yeah, I agree with them. you. Uh, Russ Yeast, uh, you, you said multiple times this offseason, so credit to you. Russ Yeast, four tackles, one pass defended. I think he continues to show that he was being slept on as a big-time secondary uh, you know, transfer pickup. Reggie the sauce boss, double field. Reggie the legend, three tackles and a sack. How fun is this kid out there? He's running around talking shit. He's, he's being a, a dude. He's so I funny. love him. What a pickup. He's a, he's what a, a fucking pickup. man. And, you know, it's not just that, like he's a solid player, you know, he's, he's a solid um, uh, secondary player. He's very good in the seams. Um, big fan, big fan of the sauce boss. And he's a quote machine. Oh, he, he's a quote machine. He's celebrating. Like he's doing like the, like he did all, he, he 
did like the sledgehammer. He did the like nose. Thing. He he just is a dude with like so much swagger. Like he, he's he might. he's absolutely eating up his last year in Power Five football oh, yeah. and his I, opportunity I in Power him. Five football. He's I'm really man. glad we have him. Um, Ross Elder, I actually thought this might have been his best game as a Wildcat. Three tackles, had a great pass breakup in the end zone. Um, am I overrating that, or do you think it might have been his best game as a Wildcat? Who? Ross Elder. Ross. I think it probably was his best game as a Wildcat. Um, came up with a pretty clutch tackle um, <laughs> when he was the last man. Uh, they hit their tight end in the seam, and if Ross didn't trip him up, that could have gone for 60 yards. Um, but he, he, yeah, he played well. He was positionally very good. And actually, my biggest gripe with Ross Elder is he misses tackles. He doesn't go in. He doesn't go in 100% to a lot of tackles, as we've seen in the past. And yesterday, he was he was very good. Yeah. J Mack, a tackle for a loss, three total ta- tackles. That dude loves to hit hard. Talk about a dude wants to hit hard. Sincere Mason, another transfer that brought in. He still has another year of eligibility. So we might see him and TJ Smith banging dudes uh, next year. Um, he's going to have a few targeting penalties, but he loves to bring the hit or heat. TJ Smith, two tackles as well. And then I want to give a shout out to Marvin Martin. So he's a commit that we flipped from Boston College true freshman he had played special teams in all three games but yesterday was his first taste playing safety in one of those drives so I'm actually starting to get really pleased with this three safety look that we're bringing in and I think we have the dudes I I think you're still going to need one or two transfer safeties next year just to fill in but we're really recruiting that position well speaking of uh, this might I might have egg on my face, but I'm thinking at 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. So everyone listening to this, it probably already happened. I think we're getting another Georgia safety. Uh, so I just stay tuned. I, actually, it's stupid to say stay tuned since it would have already happened. But, uh, it's it's so it's VJ Payne, another Georgia kid. So I I think we're gonna get him. I'm pumped if that's the case. That would be large. We have a nice Georgia pipeline right now. Yeah. So what do you like? Do you like that three safety look that we're doing in this, you know, uh, three down linemen and, you know, about half the time we're running out there three safeties as well. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, It's, it's proved to be very positive for us. Um, I just really like our transfers so much, particularly in the secondary Um, sincere Mason it's taken a little bit of time for him. I mean, it's only game three, but it's taken a little bit of time for him to kind of put his stamp on the game. But I thought yesterday he was, oh, he was, he was more noticeable than he has been in the past. And, uh, and we don't just, need, we don't need him to be like a dude this year. We need him to no. get his feet under him and him and TJ just need to be ready to hit the ground running next year. Yeah. So I um, have so much faith in like the future of the safeties now. Oh Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think Klanderman's a real deal teaching them technique. Um, we'll get in some of the corners. Echo Boydo, two tackles. Morris Brown, two tackles. Uh, Gardner, a pass breakup. We'll talk about T. Denson and everything that happened there. Um, Julius Brintz, I, I think he had some good move, moments, but he's over-pursued a few times. Um, are you like are you still super high on Brents or has some of the shine worn off? For me, I don't think so. I think it ultimately comes down to, uh, again, he's getting – I wouldn't even say getting picked on a little bit. I think it ultimately comes down to Echo, for the most part, is locking his island down. And then Brent's he is such an over-pursuit. He's playing so aggressive yeah. that sometimes on those shallow crossing routes, he just gets beat. Um, so just kind of talk about the corners, and we'll talk about T. Denson here in a second. I mean, the corners are great. They continue to be great. Uh, Brent's gets targeted, but 
it's not like he's being abused all all game. Um, he's typically in position. Um, Max, I, have, I still think he's an NFL guy. Yeah, I mean, I have utmost faith in our boundary corners. Like, they got to go. They got to throw a one at him of at one of them. So you know, it's been Brent's the first three games, and Echo's been good. Derek Young has done a good job at noting that Echo's kind of struggled against the zone. And but let, actually, let Echo press. Let Echo press. We are pressing. Like I know, but I'm just saying, board, like, just let, yeah, yeah, yeah. let him press. Yeah, I agree. Stop. I think Derek's, Derek's a fraud, so I'm really No, Derek's not a fraud. He's opinion. correct, but it's like, that's not what Echo's good. Let, if, if you're going to be in zone, put, you know, Justin Gardner in, the, in like, yeah. his, like, you know, and he had a pass breakup. Justin Gardner had a pass breakup, so good for him. And let's talk about T. Denson, though. Massive interception, just swagging. I thought he was going to take it all the way. But like, all right, he, we've, we've been loving on TJ. Now it's time to love on his fellow Georgian, T. Denson. How wild were you going for that pick? And then how bullshit was it that the, that they got flagged for that? And then is Chris Kleiman a cop is what I have to ask because he said it was the correct call. Flagging <laughs> them all for Chris. Come on. Chris Kleiman's yeah. a cop. He looks like a cop. Um, <laughs> I love T. Denson. Um, he was like, I feel like, well, shit, man. I can't really say that I like one more. I, I, I'm super excited that he has had like more of an impact this year so far yeah. um, or that he's, he's been able to contribute um, more than he did last season comparatively to TJ Smith. Um, but those two together, like those are our Georgia boys that I just love so much. And they, they moved in together and They've been like adorable cats since day one. So those two, I remember want to the picture they took anyone. on campus when they got there together. Yes, it oh was, my God. they're perfect. I, I love just them. love both of them so much. And they're, they're both super swaggy. They have like adopted the lynch mob mantra more than anyone. I, I think they might be championing it. So super excited about it. And I feel like, T, did T say we're going to throw up the lynch mob sign as often as possible? Yeah, like he said on Twitter, but on he's, so so he, sick i love him he uh uh but in the press conference when he was asked he was just like he's like uh whatever coach says that's how i feel so like he said the right thing in the <laughs> interview room but then he went to t- twitter and it's just like okay yeah i, I yeah. i'm rocking with that so but yeah it's it's because we also have omar daniels we haven't seen him play he's also a georgia defensive back and it's just like man i it, oh and khalid duke is a georgia boy like i like our georgia cats like Maybe Georgia we're pipeline to, is maybe we're nice. gonna have to play a game in Atlanta. Like, just give these guys like a that homecoming. would be fucking awesome. And hell, Eli Huggins is a Georgia guy. So is and his but his brother Jake Huggins. We have all sorts of Georgia. I love it. I love it so much. Um, anything else on the defense before we uh, get into special teams? Nope. All right, actually, not that much special teams. Zentner again. I think he's doing good on kickoff. Kickoff coverage. Little dicey. They got that return touchdown, but it got brought back for a penalty. But they got called for, I think, two penalties on their return. So I'm just going to kind of brush that on the rug, hope everything's all right. Winkle, uh, five for five extra point, had a perfect 37-yarder. Uh, hope to just keep perfect like that. Um, glad he had a bounce back again. And also Redshirt Jr., I know last week I called him a freshman. I'm sorry. We didn't have a single return at all. That sucks. Zentner had two pretty bad punts one decent punt um yeah i don't know man like he's been a good punter but yesterday was just rough yesterday the punting game was terrible the return game we were unlucky because we didn't have a single return that was uh 
not uh, into the wind. So all of their kicks were out of the back of the end zone because we didn't, we were on, we didn't get a single return yeah. from the South side, um, which was just unlucky. Cause we I didn't think even attempt to return because we would have caught that shit on the five yard line probably. And yeah. we just, yeah, I mean, they kicked it out of the back of the end zone every, every time. So um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you're a Kansas state fan. So you're kind of sweating about hmm, our special teams haven't contributed much in the first three games, but at the same time, it's not like it's been super detrimental to us. the team. They've, They've hurt, hurt us. us. And that's typically been like a thing that gets us over the hump in certain games, or it's been like a kind of our X factor and we haven't needed it yet. So I think we still have potential to have some like game breaking, um, game-breaking plays out of special teams but yesterday was just it was unlucky we literally the wind fucked us yesterday we didn't get a single return that wasn't like blasted out of the back of the end zone so i think i don't know it is what it is we dropped 38 points fucking murdered so who cares we're fine all right grading the four keys to be again sponsored by spotify dream join us every wednesday 7 p.m this week we're going to be wrapping up any talk about the Nevada game and we'll start in the boneheads. We'll get their chance to talk about the Oklahoma state game. Can't wait for it. Uh, join us 7 PM God's time zone. Let your voice be heard. All right. We're going to grade the keys to V. yours was the first one. And I, I think, I think we're finally going to be able to start handing out some big time grades uh, because up until this I mean, point, we yeah. re- haven't really, I mean, Stanford, I, I think it was a lot of C plus B minus. Last week was a lot of F's. I'm I'm seeing some A's for some of these. Um, your first one, dictate the pace of the game. What would you give that? I don't I don't know how to grade this, but did do you have the like time of possession on yeah, hand? That was up front. So we had 31 minutes, they had 29. Okay. So really we did dictate the pace of this game. We controlled um, I don't want to say like we actually controlled the clock because it did feel like for a large chunk of that game, they had the time of possession advantage. They weren't able but, to roll and get, but they couldn't. Yeah. They, they, it didn't necessarily catch on. And, you know, the defense was good enough to take them out of their rhythm and the offense just grounded, ground them away. So grinded them away. So I, I'll give them an A. Um, we leaned on the running game yesterday and, you know, it paid dividends. So I'll give them an A. Yeah, I'll give it an A minus. Uh, mine was someone needs to have a legendary game. Felix was the one who had it versus Southern Illinois. Won it for us, but we need a guy to put his name in the books for a single game performance. Here's the thing. I don't think we had someone beat legendary, but Deuce Vaughn continues to be a legendary type player. So it's kind of a cop out, but I'm going to give it a B because again, he hit his new career high with 127 yards. He got back in the end zone, just so continuing good. to prove how great of a player he is. Honorable mention to Joe Irvin, who, you know, really had a good game as well. But I'm, I'm going to give it a B because, you know, there this one isn't going to be called the Deuce Vaughn game, but he had just such another great game. So I'm giving it a B. Yeah, I no one necessarily had a legendary game. Um, but I guess you could you could say, like, I could give it an A and say that the running attack was pretty damn legendary yesterday. Um, I mean, we just said stop the run. And they did. We ran for yeah. fucking 280 yards. So I'll give them an A. Tossing out some more big grades. Yeah. Uh, start strong. Avoid playing catch up for you. So I mean, I have to give this an A plus. Second play of the game, seven zero, followed by a three and out. We couldn't have had a better start. 
it slowed down a little bit, but man, we really punched him in the mouth early and had me feeling really good. So that, I mean, we started about as good as you possibly can. Yeah. It's an A plus and we, we never did have to catch up. They did tie it in the second or in the third quarter, but yeah, you're right. You could not have started stronger. And then uh, the final one, this is mine. Don't end up on Carson Strong's pre-draft package. Um, here's the thing. He made we two will or three be. NFL <laughs> throws. Still, yeah. I, we still probably will end up there, but I'm giving it an A- minus because at the end of the day, he had to settle yeah. for checkdowns quite a bit. We picked them off. Um, so you'll see it. You'll see it on NFL Network. You're going to see the throw that like just threaded J-Mac right mm-hmm. before he got there. You're going to see his deep ball. Uh, where we got a pass interference and they still caught it. You're going to see those moments, but here's the thing. Hey, I'll take it. A I'm for me. A it's, it's, it's an A for me. I agree. You know, he had some spectacular throws that he fit into a tiny window, but you know, we, you know, we had him, we had him in check all day yesterday. Yep. Uh, this is typically where we do ask Bosco questions. We got so many of them and we're running long already. So we might have a bonus episode. Yeah, we're, <laughs> but it's a fun game to talk about. So we might have a bonus episode uh, coming out on Tuesday. Uh, we might not. Stay tuned. Um, but again, thank you guys for submitting them. Grant and I just have had a ball talking about this game and it's going pretty long. So we're just going to get straight into the game three game balls. Um let's just get into it. I think I left you. Um, I, I didn't take the easy one on offense. Um, so I, I left you the easy one on offense this week. So get it's into easy your one on offense. Oh, I know. I'm not going to give it to him now. Oh, um, okay. I'm giving it, I'm giving it to Messingham. Um, oh, I tweeted, okay. I tweeted vitriol at, at Messingham yesterday after a couple of maddening series, but the reality is drop 38 points without your starting quarterback, knowing we're going to have to just run all day. And guess what? We ran all fucking day scheming masterclass um, with Courtney. Yeah. So I'm going to change mine from what I put in there. I'm, I, I think it has to go to Deuce Vaughn again, another game where he goes over 120 yards. Uh, he was picking up six, seven, eight yards a rush when people knew it was going to him. Everyone in the stadium knew and he was still able to do it. Got in the end zone. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is getting my first game ball. Who's getting your second game ball? I'm giving it to Nate Matlack. Um, defensive game ball. Didn't have a crazy defensive game by any means, but freshman, freshman from Olathe, with, which had one of the plays of the game. Um, I mean, he came off the, less, the left edge on the west side and chased him down probably 30 yards from behind to stop him short from getting that first down on fourth and one or whatever the hell it was uh, fourth and five, you know, stopped him short on the fucking East side. He, he, he had so much pursuit. That was a ridiculous play from Nate Matlack. And it's great to see uh, him breaking into the team. So Nate Matlack for me. Yep. My game ball, second game ball, defensive game ball is going to Daniel green. Again, he is the heart and soul of the defense. Um, he might not be the biggest raw, raw guy, but he's elevating the team. I, you, you put it perfectly, you know, He's a guy who, when he's on the field, the entire defense is better. So it's going to Daniel Green. And then uh, my favorite award, and eventually we might just have to call this the, you know, Sauce Boss Memorial Swagger Sticker, um, because I think he could win it every week. Um, He really could. I I didn't give it to him this week, but I think he's gotten two of them so far. But who's getting your Swagger Sticker? Are you going to go three for three? I'm going to give it to Bebe. After killing a man with a rock'em, sock'em, 
extended stiff arm injuring him at the line, getting a nice 60, 68 yard touchdown pass. Um, it's nice to have him on the stat line and I love Bebe and you know, he was super swaggy on the sideline. He looks dope. Love swaggy. Love swaggy Bebe. Yep. Mine's going to T Denson. He got that pick. He's throwing up the mob sign. Uh, could have given it to a lot of dudes on the defense or secondary, especially when, you know, half the team got called for unsportsmanlike, which I still think is fucking stupid, but whatever. Stupid. Um, so I'm giving it to him again. It, it could go to Reggie Stubblefield every single week, um, but I'm going with T Denson. So that's all we have. Again, we ran long. Um, sorry. Couldn't get to the questions. We might, it depends on what's going on Monday. Um, if we'll be able to get to the questions, a special uh, Nevada ask Bosco episode, um, but if not, we do want to thank all the boneheads for sending in their questions. It's awesome. We love you guys. Hashtag no new friends. Um, also, shout out to the students after kind of booing Will Howard in the SIU game, chanting Will, Will, Will uh, when he came in. So, like, good for the students uh, for backing Will Howard um, after kind of booing him the week before. So, we love you guys. <laughs> uh, we will 100% be back in your podcast feed on Wednesday to preview the Oklahoma State game. Maybe we'll have a special Q&A episode. I don't know. Don't yell at us if we don't. Um, Grant, what do you have to say to all the boneheads today? Boys and girls, it's time to be as engaged as possible. We're 3-0. and Hope springs eternal. Magic. The magic is in the air. The magic is in the air. I've got um, the magic Haven't Haven't won. We, won in, we stole one in Stillwater in 2017 and guess what we're due this team is this team is good this team is legitimately good um so fuck buy your tickets if you're in the area buy tickets we got to start filling out that stadium jam packing it get it getting it overflowing because i go back to what bob huggins says said once we got guys like michael beasley why why is you how are you not coming every week to see michael beasley we've got guys like said that no, no. Bob Huggins called out the fans his first well, Bob year. Huggins didn't he ever said, coach Michael Beasley. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. But he did call out the fans to come to, come to the game. And I, uh, here's the thing. I Okay, if, hey, if you, he had Cardi, he had David. I know. Austin. I know. <laughs> and Cartier. That, that's fine, but this is also what I'm going to I I'm not uh, after the first two home games, I'm not going to call on the call out the fans for not showing up like i i think i'm just saying we you have an opportunity to, to see deuce yes. on in person like, that is true come do it like he is so unbelievably good and it's a gift to be able to see him do not take him for granted don't take these these fun players for granted and come support them because they deserve it they put in the work and they're they're super fun to watch so um okay that's fair we're, th- we're three now we're three now it's great the oh buzz the buzz is buzzing and the cats. Um, the cats are buzzing and um, it's time to start believing magic. Let's go to, let's get into Stillwater and let's, let's beat Gundy's mullet racist ass. So go cats. Meet me at the cat head. That's all I got. Magic. I can never fucking turn off the recording. I'm leaving that. <laughs> it's time to get set for the cat attack. Feelings growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, 
Social Podcast Network.